Merry Christmas. You joined us for Mass for the fourth Sunday of Advent. Then you have an idea of what I'll be speaking on this morning. I used this opportunity, since we have these liturgies back to back, to address one theme through two different experiences given to us in the life of Mary. The one theme is healing. And healing because that New Testament word for salvation, salus, means to heal. To heal. And Christ is born for us as a Savior. So he has come to heal. Now, the two experiences that I wanted to explore were in the fourth Sunday of Advent, the experience of pregnancy. We heard of Mary's pregnancy with Christ and how the child in the womb experiences darkness. And for us who are in Christ, our first moments of existence in Him, the experience of sin, that Christ meets us in darkness, in the darkness of our sin, and that's where He has to begin to grow within us as Christ begins to grow in the darkness of the womb of the virgin, yet without sin. But, now today, we speak of the birth of Christ. And so, while we talked about pregnancy, and with pregnancy there's a darkness experienced by the child, and then for us in Christ, that is the darkness of sin, so... In birth, there is light, the first experience of light for the child, and then with light, the experience of grace for the Christian. Now, I used an interview, I asked an old parishioner who, as her husband said, is more often pregnant than not. She has six children, with her oldest being nine. I use some of, I reach out to her to say, can you write some reflections for me on pregnancy and birth? Well, I shared her experience of pregnancy just a couple of days ago. I want to share her reflection on birth. Firstly, I thought about how little there is in Scripture about Jesus's actual birth, particularly from Mary's perspective. The nativity is focused on others' experience and perspective. That is a lot like the experience of birth, though. There is a sense of aloneness with God when you give birth. All the amazing support and comfort you receive through others when you find out you're pregnant and then throughout your pregnancy, melt away. It is a very raw and vulnerable experience of your utter dependence on God and your aloneness with Him. How I imagine we will feel at the end of life. I wonder if Mary felt these things. As Christ goes, the Christian goes. And... As Mary, the perfect disciple, goes, so goes the Christian. 
And so that experience of birth, which I obviously cannot imagine, where the woman is feeling alone with God and all of the wonderful congratulations she's received mean absolutely nothing in that experience of birth, that aloneness with God. That is how the spiritual life of grace begins within us, by the virtue of humility. We cannot begin life in Christ without the virtue of humility. We heard in this gospel today and in the gospel last night this word beginning. In the beginning, the word was with God and the word was God. John is hearkening us back to how God created the world in the beginning out of what? Nothingness. God created the world out of nothingness. And so God wants to create his life within us. He wants to pour grace and the light of truth within us only when we are nothing. Only when we are nothing. When we know that God is all things and we are no thing, that's when life can begin. And that is without any kind of self-hatred. That is acknowledging that our desire to be something apart from God is our desire to be God. And what Jesus offers us at Christmas is the free gift of God's life to where we don't have to pursue that apart from Him. He offers it freely. He offers us the opportunity to be nothing. And in that opportunity to be nothing, to bring about authentic healing. Now, while that experience of being alone with God requires us to be nothing, birth never happens alone. Birth always happens from someone and for others. In the case of Christ, God, who is in himself the only self-sufficient being, is born from a woman and for Israel. And so it is, as Christ goes, so does the Christian. None of us is spiritually self-sufficient. None of us have a private relationship with God outside of a people. All of us, like Christ who elects to be born in a manger, in darkness, with animals, and with those things that animals produce that would make great fertilizer, are born into a mess are born into a mess. As Christ began his church with his first, with one of his first priests ordained immediately seeking to betray him, so we are born spiritually into a church with sin, with scandal, with darkness. But Christ wants us to be born in that church. Just as Christ wanted to be born into that manger. Because the only way that he could transform it from the inside out was to go into the mess. 
couldn't transform it inside out in the end. He wanted to do it in the darkness. And he continues to do that with us in the mess of the church. Not apart from it, trying to find a church that fits us. In the same way that none of us chooses our family, but God chooses that for us to sanctify us and bring us to him, God establishes his one holy Catholic and apostolic church that oftentimes seems anything but holy or Catholic or apostolic, that it can be transformed from the inside out. And in that way, God heals us horizontally. And then going and remaining in that manger, we also recognize this is the same word in French, manger, to eat. That Christ heals us by eating. He heals us by eating as we receive him in the Holy Eucharist. Now there's a real healing here because Christ wisely decides to appear to us in the Eucharist under the ordinariness of bread and wine. In other words, things that are at the bottom of the food pyramid, the most common kind of food, bread. And in taking that common thing and turning it into his body and blood in the Eucharist, he speaks volumes to everything else common in our life so that he can heal what is common because we live in what is common. To give an example, I know why you all came to Mass this morning. It's because you didn't want to hear the genealogy from the Gospel of Matthew last night with Abiud, Zadok, Abiud, Naphtali, whoever else. I could probably say a name and you wouldn't know, you know, uh, whether I was lying to you or not. But I have no idea who Abiud is. I don't know who Shialtiel is. I don't know who Zadok is. And whether they were important in their own time, probably not. But when Christ came onto the scene, they become incredibly important. Because now, they look back into history and say, oh, he led to Christ. I can say personally, within my own small faith journey and reversion and call to the priesthood, none of which the elements are extraordinary. A bunch of Zadoks, Abiyuds, and Shealtiels. Just ordinary moments of life. But because those ordinary moments of life prepared the way for Christ, they all matter. And they all take on significance. And in that way, our ordinary lives become material for true healing. In the same way that Christ turns the ordinariness of bread and wine into his body and blood, so he takes the ordinariness of human life, if we allow them to become bridges to him, to make moments of light and moments of grace. And so Christ is born for us as a Savior 
to bring us healing. To bring us healing by being born within us, by being nothing so that he can be all things through humility, by being in the mess of our lives as he brings us into the mess of the church to heal it from within, and to feed and sustain us through the ordinariness of human life, ultimately by feeding us with his body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist.